Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each and every week, except for today. There is no we, there is only me. I am Annie Kriegbaum, otherwise known as Diamond, but today I'll just go by Annie and it'll just be me. Nick is taking care of his kiddo, so I decided to try my first I believe this is my first solo episode. If you hear a jingling jangling in my mouth, it is a cough drop because I did record a rough draft and I hated it. So here we are again. If you can believe it, this is take two. This is the improved version and it won't be a normal episode. The format of this episode will be top five favorite movies, top five favorite products. This was a reader suggestion I asked on Instagram, would you like a solo episode? Would you like a replay, a dip into our archives, if you will, a repost? And mini solo episode with top five movies, top five products was suggested. And I said, that is a great suggestion. I love both of those things. And it was very easy for me to research. So in no particular order, these are presented with the caveat that these were the first five that came to mind. I felt there was a good variety. I felt that you get a good rounded idea of my cinematic needs, my movie tastes, and the products. I think these are products I would be happy if you purchased. I think that you there's no way at all that you would be unhappy with any of these products. And I just feel really confident about the content that you're about to receive. So, without further ado, so the first movie on my list is by one of my favorite contemporary directors, that is Yorgos Lanthimos, and this is his 2017 film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Now, you might recognize some famous faces from this excellent work of cinema. This film stars not only Colin Farrell, who plays the protagonist, but Nicole Kidman, Alicia Silverstone makes a cameo. And this was, I believe, the first big like breakout performance for our dear, 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 hold on, don't quote me on that. Nope, I feel pretty good saying that. Our dear Barry Keegan. You might recognize him from Saltburn. So, this was his first movie where he really proved to the world that he is the premier creepy white man actor. If you need a creepy white guy, you're calling Barry Keegan or you're calling Paul Dano. But let me tell you what, Barry Keegan is number one on that list. Paul Dano can do a, kind of like a flirty, like cutie. He can be a cutie pie. Barry Keegan can be a cutie pie. If you saw Banshees of Inisherin, he was a cutie pie, but... It was a challenge. I feel like being a cutie pie for Barry Keegan would be a very challenging role. Playing the creepy kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer, playing the poorly written psychopath from Saltburn, playing the Joker in the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman is something only Barry Keegan can do. He is in Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's where I was introduced to Barry Keegan, and I've been frightened ever since. I would say Yorgos's first film that really made a splash overseas, like as in not Greece, was The Lobster, also starring Colin Farrell, which I also loved. I loved The Favorite. And we're going to talk about a movie that I didn't love. 
in one second, but we're going to take a little break to get to my first product recommendation. Okay, so if you've followed me from almost over a decade now of shopping for beauty products and talking about them online, you know I'm a huge fan of Davines. It is an Italian hair care brand. They were, I would say, the pioneer and probably one of the most successful pioneers in terms of sustainable packaging, sustainable manufacturing, sustainable ingredient sourcing. And the products, I mean, the most special thing about the brand and the reason that they've been around for so long is that the products are incredible. I would buy Davina's products whether or not they were sustainable. The most sustainable thing is to buy products that work and that you love and that you'll use. And that's Davina's baby. Um, this is a product I haven't, I don't believe I've recommended before. And it is the Salu Sea Salt Scrub Cleanser. And this is a scalp scrub slash shampoo. And every time I use it, which is not often because it's more of a treatment, right? You don't want to be scrubbing your scalp every day with, um, you know, a salty paste, which is what this is. But every time I use it, I ask myself, why don't I use this more often? I think I'm going to up, I think I'm going to up this to like a once a week, every other week use because my hair just feels so, so clean after if a little dry and straw like, but I like that feel because my hair gets so oily that even like a a very uh, thorough cleanse, I, I just let it air dry and then it just stays clean for like three days straight, which is a lot for me. I don't like using dry shampoo. There, I don't have any tricks to, to like decrease oil once it's there. I just have to shampoo again. But this scrub really extends that time period of when I don't have to do anything to my hair. I can just jump in the shower and jump right out. So like I said, it's a paste. It's a salt scrub. It has little colored pink beads in it. Those definitely are not micro beads, uh, in case you're wondering. But the really cool thing about this salt scrub, and I've tried others, is that the surfactants, the foam that's created is so beautiful and so cleansing to my hair and scalp that I just feel it just feels like the most luxurious shampoo treatment that you could give yourself. Caveats, I would say use a go use a lip scoop out a little bit at a time on like just the tips of your fingers and work it into your hair as you section it it's definitely not like a shampoo where you can just like put it between your palms rub them together create a foam and like go in i would really just kind of section wet hair and you know just like for like a quadrant like you don't have to go overboard but that's an easier way to get it to spread around your scalp instead of just trying to like lump it in at the crown of your head and then spread it from there and also, don't get it in your eyes when you rinse because it's salt. So, I, don't know. I have sensitive eyes. Sometimes if this will drip in, it does burn a little bit, but well worth it. It's my fault, actually. It's not even the product's fault. So, again, Solu Sea Salt Scrub. If you're a patron, I'll do a list online. No video this week because I can't figure out how to record <laughs> high-quality audio and video content by myself. All right, next movie. Back to Yorgos. So... Who saw poor things? I saw poor things and I didn't like it. And the reason that I didn't like it is because it reminded me of the same feeling I got after seeing Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. And Tim Burton really established his himself as the man with Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice. And then he did like a really weird kind of 
he did like a weirdo film version of Batman Returns. He did Nightmare Before Christmas, Cabin Boy, if you remember that movie, Ed Wood. And then he started getting, oh my God, he has an incredible filmography before he gave us a good decade and a half of excellent films before he started, before he jumped the shark. And he's, he, I would say Mars Attacks, another classic from Tim Burton. Anyway, but then he started getting too much money and he directed Alice in Wonderland. And so Alice in Wonderland came out in 2010. If you'll remember, it was mainly CGI. It was just really distracting. I'm watching the trailer now. It just didn't have the same soul and grit to it that you want from a Tim Burton movie that usually relies on practical effects and a strong story, strong performances. When I saw Poor Things, I was like, oh, no. Yorgos is at that point now where he's getting too much money. The whole thing was filmed in front of these big LED screens, which kind of take away from the like charm and the... It doesn't help pull me into the world that he's trying to create. I feel like these kind of distracting visuals take me out of the world. The costuming, even though it was really beautiful, it really felt like a distraction from what I like about Yorgos, which is like his storytelling ability. And not really his use of costuming, decor, and frills for the visuals. I think his visuals are incredible, but it just felt overwrought. Also, I don't like steampunk. I'm sorry. But that's for a different episode. So I had to remind myself why I loved Yorgos after watching Poor Things. Because it made me nervous. Am I losing Yorgos in the same way that I lost Tim Burton? So I went back and I watched Dogtooth. So Dogtooth is his 2009 film that I believe premiered at Cannes and it won an award at Cannes, the In Regard. So I think it was it premiered at the festival, but it wasn't part of the actual awards. Anyway, and then it won it was nominated for Best Foreign Film at the British Independent Film Awards and the Academy Awards. So the movie is Greek, and as is the director, he co-wrote it, he directed it, and it is a thriller, really truly a horror movie. I'm going to read you the synopsis now about a controlling, manipulative father who locks his three adult offspring in a state of perpetual childhood by keeping them prisoner within the sprawling family compound. So much like Poor Things, it explores the idea of being locked in a childlike state, the idea of having a controlling, godlike father figure, the idea of cultural influence onto a blank slate, the idea of getting older and corrupt. But the difference and why I love Dogtooth and why I don't love poor things is I feel like Dogtooth was, well, let's say this, a reason why I like Dogtooth more than poor things is all ties back to budget. I just so appreciate when a movie can have such a profound impact visually and through the story and through the performances when it was made on such a low budget. It just fascinates me knowing how much is spent on movies 
when someone like Yorgos Lanthimos is able to achieve a product like Dogtooth, which was so freaky fucking deaky, you had so many aha moments throughout watching it. When you're able to produce something like that for $500,000, it's just, ugh, it makes me so happy and so jealous. So anyway, watch Dogtooth. It's great. It's so fucking good. I mean, this movie is like, rarely do I watch a movie and say, I never want this to end. <laughs> I'm usually like ready to go at a certain point. With this movie, I not only did I not want it to end, I didn't think it was going to end. It just took me on such a wild ride. Like I thought it was the start of act three and it just done credits. It just really kept me guessing. It Again, I don't want to spoil it. So I feel like I've said enough. You just have to watch Dogtooth. Now for product number two. All right, this is a face wash. I know, boring. And it's a gentle face wash, even more boring. But what I love about it is the foam it creates is just so delicate, yet so frothy that it's unlike any other foaming cleanser I've tried. I, and I don't like foaming cleansers. You know, I don't like the kind that come with the foam pump. It, they, they just feel like it's just, I'm washing my face with air. This is a gel, clear gel formula that you wet between your hands and you create the foam yourself manually. And you just go in and it is so effective because I believe it's so foamy and the foam is so soft. It doesn't dry out your skin and I use it I don't use it to remove makeup as a first step. I use it after an oil cleanse to remove makeup. And without further ado, I'll tell you which one it is. It's the Sophie Pavitt Face Gentle Cleanser. Simple, simple, just, but the foam is really where it, you know, separates itself from the rest of the pack. All right, movie number three. We're gonna stick with something a little scary. This one is straight horror. There's no... It's not a thriller. It's not a psychological movie. It is a psychological movie, but it's definitely a horror movie. It is so scary. But I actually think if we really open our minds here, it's a coming of age story about a girl who is trying to break free from her oppressive patriarchal society and the crazy religious fanaticism that comes with it. And how women, women should just be allowed to party. And this movie is The Witch by Robert Eggers. And as you might be able to tell, I really love learning about what goes into the production of movies. I like to watch them. I like to say that was a great movie. And how did they do that? And so Robert Eggers really intrigued me because, again, he is a writer-director. He wrote The Witch or co-wrote it. Um, and he used, for the all the dialogue, he used contemporary texts from the time period that the movie takes place in, which is like the 1600s in Puritanical New England. And so all the dialogue is in this very freaky deaky form of English where the syntax is really, everything's really formal. The, sin, the sentence structure is different from how we talk today. So it's familiar, but it's not it's other and that just kind of adds to the freakiness of this movie which is about a family that is excommunicated from their village and they have to make a homestead in the borderland between 
you know, their village, society, civilization, and the forest, which is, you know, the unknown, and represents like sin and um, something to fear. And Anya Taylor-Joy, this was her big breakout role, plays the protagonist. And her father is a religious zealot and kind of like a pioneer. I mean, he's like, he's a really intense guy. She has two ugly twin younger sister and brother duo that, you know, add that little like this shining element to the movie, a freaky set of twins. You always got to sprinkle that into a good horror movie. And there's a freaky fucking goat. There's a crow. There's a scene of the, there's possession. Her younger brother is, becomes possessed. This movie's been out for a while. So if that was a spoiler, I'm sorry. But it's just great. You really need to watch it. I love this movie. I've seen it multiple, multiple times. And I'm proud of her in the end. I'm proud of her decision. I, you know, again, this is a coming of age story about a young girl that, you know, just wants to party and be herself in a overly religious environment, patriarchal environment. And I, I identify with that. I think that she, even though this was, was written by a man, <laughs> he really caught me. He did. So The Witch. Okay, next product. You're getting actually four in one, so don't say I didn't do anything for you. This is my current lip combo that I really love. I don't know that there's a better lip liner formula than NYX's um, matte lip liner. And not only do I use NYX's lip liner as lip liner, but I use their eyeliners as eyeliner. Sorry, as lip liner. Like the taupe, the taupey shades, the browns. And they're like five bucks, six bucks. They're wooden. You sharpen them. You get them nice and pointy. And again, it's the perfect dry, matte, yet still creamy and spreadable formula so good okay the two colors that i like right now are brooklyn thorn which is a dark brown not too warm and violet smoke which is exactly how it sounds it's like a matte light light purple with a lot of like whitish gray pigment to it on me i have like an all i have an olive undertone to my skin i'm very fair but i have olive skin so it's hard for me to do pinks and quarrels and topes and things like that but um i really need like a more purple undertone a cooler undertone and these two shades do that for me so i love those i like to use the brown below my lower lip and on the corners of my lips and to add dimension to the middle and then i put the lighter pink shade on the highlight the high points of my lips and then i go in with two lipsticks and these are my favorite lipstick formulas I think Gucci does have the best lipstick formulas in terms of every brand that exists right now. And two that I've been loving lately are their matte from their matte collection. And one is called the shades, by the way, across the board, Gucci, like incredible lip shades. Can't say much of their eyeshadow, their blush, their bronzer. I don't know. I think they could use a little work. Their lipsticks are incredible. One is called Peggy Taupe, and it is the darker of the two. It's interesting they call it taupe. Because it is more of a like mauvish brick red. Uh, again, more cooler tone. So I really appreciate that they they did that. And then there's the perfect opaque, really, really pale beige. Again, cool tone, doesn't show up orange. And it is called Carol Beige. 
and I applied these in the same places that I just was talking about with the lip liners. The darker goes kind of on the outsides and to add dimension to the center of the lip. And then the really pale beige color goes on the high points. And then I kind of carve out around my lips with some concealer and it just looks really, really like, it just looks good. All right, next movie. Marathon Man, 1976, starring a very very attractive Roy Schneider. He needs to be like, when you open the dictionary and look up body weight exercises, that is Roy Schneider in Marathon Man. D Dustin Hoffman plays the protagonist, his younger brother. And Laurence Olivier plays a Nazi, the bad guy. And we love him for that. He does a great job in this role. The ending is just perfection. The story, you really kind of got to pay attention. You can't be on your phone. The performances, if you love acad like the academia kind of style, you'll like this movie. There's a lot of scenes that take place in like a library and a lecture hall. It's, oh, and Central Park. So much of the movie is shot running around Central Park. I wonder if Dustin Hoffman like was a runner before he filmed this or if he had to just like pretend and force himself to run, but he's running through the whole movie and it's just like exhausting to watch and probably lasting damage to his knees. I just don't think running is healthy. Anyway, it's a great movie. There's diamonds. Um, it's an international spy thriller and a must must watch. I really loved this movie. All right. The next product I have to recommend to you is another hair product. This is from Santa Maria Novella. This is, they have two conditioners and I know I've recommended this before, but I just went back to buy another one because I used a different conditioner and then I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this to myself? I love Santa Maria Novella's conditioner. I should just use that again. So I went back and I bought the honey hair cream. And again, it's not a hair cream, it's a conditioner. And it's actually more of a balm if we're going to talk about the texture. They call it a mask treatment. What I just do is I don't, having product in my hair weighs it down. So I wash my hair and then maybe every other time I shampoo my hair, I coat the ends in the shower with like, I don't know, a quarter sized amount of this conditioner. I tie it up in a bun, do the rest of my shower and then rinse it out. And that that is enough weight and enough richness within the formula to really coat my ends even when I you know, rinse it out to where I don't have to put in any serum and I don't feel like they look dry or frayed or whatever. It doesn't weigh my hair down. It just adds that like really nice polish to my ends. The scent is pretty offensive in the tube. It's very like powdery grandma, but when you rinse it out, it kind of, you know, it'll dissipate and it's your hair smelling definitely perfumed, but nice. So don't let that scare you off. Again, this is the honey hair cream from Santa Maria Novella. Last movie, this one's a really fun one. It's disturbing, but it's fun. And I find all of Pedro Almodovar's movies really fun. And it would just be my dream to be a fly on the wall. He, I love Pedro Almodovar mainly because he loves Penelope Cruz as much as I do. And I think his movies are so stylish and just so chic and just so like Spanish. And this is a movie for beauty lovers. It is called The Skin I Live In. It's about a plastic surgeon played by Antonio Banderas, who is, now I'm just reading off the NBD, haunted by past tragedies. 
He creates a type of synthetic skin that withstands any kind of damage. His guinea pig, a mysterious and volatile woman who holds the key to his obsession. And the woman is played by the most stunning actress named Elena Anaya. One of my favorite villain, villains in all of cinema is this character called Zeka, who is in The Skin I Live In. The sets are just incredible. The interiors, everything is just so stylish and well done. And yeah, it's Antonio Banderas. It's so, 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 so good and weird and just perfect. So The Skin I Live In. I think that that's it. Just kidding. I had one more product to mention because people keep on DMing me about my spearmint um, hormonal acne journey. This would be my last mention on the pod, but I wanted to tell you which brand of spearmint capsules I've started to take. So just as an update, I started breaking out along my jawline and neck probably like six months ago. I don't know why, but after further research, I learned that this is probably hormonal. I don't know anything about hormones. I don't take birth control. I try not to mess with them. But it was just getting too frustrating and nothing topically was fixing it. So in my research, I learned that if you drink spearmint tea, that can help regulate your hormones. And a lot of people saw benefits to their hormonal acne from drinking spearmint tea regularly. So I got spearmint tea. It's really hard to find for some reason. But I did end up finding it at the Whole Foods in Dallas. And I, it doesn't taste good. It's not like drinking like Moroccan mint tea. It doesn't have a very strong flavor, but the flavor it does have is just kind of like neither here nor there. It just kind of tastes like water that is went a little off. <laughs> so needless to say, I didn't like drinking it. And also just drinking tea is like very cumbersome. I have to heat the water. It's just not my culture. So I got spearmint capsules because I figured I'm not the only one that hates drinking spearmint tea. There has to be another option. And spearmint capsules exist. They didn't have them at the health store nearby me, even though they have everything, which tells me that they're pretty rare. But the guy did say a lot of people have been coming and asking for them, if that tells you anything. So you take two capsules a day, and it's basically just a gelatin capsule with really finely ground spearmint inside. And the brand that I purchased from is called uh, Herba Mama. And between the capsules and the tea, I've been doing spearmint for, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks now. Probably two months. Yeah, that sounds right. And yeah, my skin cleared up pretty quickly, actually. And it has stayed clear even after switching from the tea to the capsules. So I feel good about recommending this. Spearmint for your acne. Okay, honorable mention in film. I was thinking of like my favorite antagonists. This movie overall is like <laughs> not the best. It definitely has its areas where it falters, but it is a classic. I know I'm not probably not the first one to recommend it to you. And that movie is Possession. And my favorite, one of my favorite bad guys, even though he doesn't really turn out to be a bad guy, is a character named Heinrich, <laughs> who plays the lover of the wife in this movie and his confrontation with the husband who's played by Sam Neill, AKA Mr. Jurassic Park is one of the most beautifully choreographed scenes, fight scenes and in, in that I personally have seen in film. 
It's so incredibly emasculating for one of the characters. <laughs> and it's just, it's like watching a, a ballet. It's just, it's great. So even though the whole movie, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff to say about Possession, the movie overall. <laughs> the movie takes a left turn at a certain point, let's just say that. But I would say it's a good, if you have that an afternoon or an evening, definitely watch Possession because it's beautiful. And Isabella Johnny is the protagonist and she is, looks incredible. And she's a freak, you can tell. She's a real freak. So that's it. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Go on Patreon. I'll do a list with links to everything I talked about. And you can watch our bonus episodes and our video episodes there, except for today. This is not a video. And this was produced by Jonathan Corman. It was edited by AJ Mosley. And this was Eyewitness Beauty. Thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.